Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. You know it's true. The Lord has good plans in store for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. Those plans? Only good ones. And you may go through difficult times. Maybe you're there today. But God promises to use every trial to build good into your life. My life verse, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love God, to thee called according to his purpose. Now, when Satan tells you to worry, God has the opposite plan in mind. He wants you to trust him, to experience his peace on a daily basis. How do I do that? How do I get true peace with God? Well, you recognize your dependence on God, right? A heart that finds its identity in Jesus Christ is a heart of peace. The person who rushes here, rushes there to solve his own problems, quickly becomes a person of strife and worry. Take responsibility for your actions, but let God have the reins of your life. And the enemy can't defeat you when you're on your spiritual knees before God in prayer, right? This is the true pathway to unshakable peace. And when thoughts of fear invade your mind, tell the Lord you're feeling those things and claim his presence as your protection and your shelter against Satan and his demons. David prayed, strengthen my arms so I can bend a bow of bronze. In other words, strengthen my faith, God, so I won't doubt your goodness to me. And then focus on God. Don't cling to those negative thoughts. Set the focus of your heart on God and his possibilities. And when God views your life, he sees only potential. Isn't that great? You can live a life to the fullest because Jesus Christ is alive today. And in all things, he's in control. What in the world is going on? Here's the latest. Democrats have cause for concern today. The word out is they're fading at a very bad time ahead of the midterm elections after a summer surge fostered optimism that the party maybe could buck historical trends and retain control of the Congress. A New York Times-Siena College poll released yesterday found Republicans held a 49-45 lead over Democrats in the generic ballot roughly a month before the November elections. That represents a shift from September when the Democrats were leading. So, fancy Nancy, changed your mind since October the 4th when you were on the late show with what's-his-name, Stephen Colbert? She said, then I believe we're going to hold the house. I don't think so. Where's my gun? Well, this is a good one. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, remember him? He delivered a much-needed reality check this past Sunday, explaining on ABC News why the January 6th committee hearings have not moved the needle at all with voters. Impacting the 2022 midterm elections was, in fact, one of the main purposes of that committee, right? The left-leaning loonies, they decided to air many of its hearings on primetime television. So, oh, not that you would know exactly. They wanted to sway you to the left, way to the left, those bad, bad Republicans. In fact, the New York Times reported before the first hearing that House Democrats wanted to use those hearings to kind of refocus voters' attention on January 6th by connecting Republicans directly to an unprecedented plot to undermine the democracy itself and destroy America. What a bunch of garbage. During a panel discussion on this week, Associated Press reporter Julie Pace observed that Democrats are not talking about the January 6th committee hearings on that campaign trail because the hearings have not made the impact with voters. No one cares, so why should they talk about it? 
I think the January 6th committee, despite some of the really good work they've done, was resigned to having a credibility problem because of the membership of the committee and the way that it was done, Christie said. So there are lots of Republicans across this country who just say, there's nobody there to argue for the other side. And then, of course, one of my least favorites, George Stephanopoulos. He was Billy Clinton's big boy, big voice in days gone by. He said, what, there's not another side? Another side? What's the other side? Stephanopoulos asked. I think that you can question a lot of these witnesses who came up, and you can test their credibility. And, of course, that one got the attention of the lefty loony. Like what? Bill Barr? You're going to test the credibility of the former attorney general? You're going to test the credibility of the people who were inside the Oval Office advising the president of the United States? Oh, they're getting tough, right? After a back and forth, Christie was finally permitted to say something. He said that by testing the credibility of witnesses, the January 6th committee could have boosted its own credibility. As it was, this was nothing more than a TV production. Well, amen. Thank you, Chris Christie. So the latest. What do you know, Joe? The mail-in president faced backlash from another yet embarrassing gaffe yesterday while trying to share a website to stop fraud in his student debt handout plan. Biden announced the launch of an online application portal for those earning less than $125,000 a year to receive up to ten grand in handouts. Regarding criticism of the plan, Biden also promoted the Federal Trade Commission's website, but that's where things went awry. I mean, just like gregpatton.com, he spelled out dot. If you have any questions, just tell us by reporting Fraud. Report fraud. D-O-T. F-T-C. <laughs> oh, he's getting hammered today. Once again, as the man who has trouble speaking in public. That's nearly every day. What kind of a horror story is this? There has been a gruesome update to the story of those four Oklahoma cyclists who were reported missing. That was a week ago, I guess. The dismembered bodies of all four of them discovered in the Deep Fork River. They'd all been shot to death. On the evening of October the 9th, these men, ages 32 to 29, allegedly went out for a bike ride. That was Okamulgee, Oklahoma, is that correct? Never returned. What happened? Their families reported them missing. On Friday, reports indicated that multiple human remains had been discovered. Now police have confirmed it, that the human remains belong to these men. Police said that the bodies of the four had been weighted down and the victims were likely killed and dumped in the river the night they went missing. Police have not recovered a mur- What in the world? I don't know. Like you, I have trouble making sense of a lot of these things happening. Two, count them, high school assistant principals supposedly opened the school doors to permit four mass teenagers with guns to enter the building because the administrators feared for the safety of the suspects, at least three of whom appeared to be black, since police had already arrived on the scene. That was September the 14th. Security officers at Garrett Morgan High School in Cleveland, Ohio, reportedly spotted four armed teenagers wearing masks approaching the school and immediately called 911. 
While the suspects continued to approach the school, the security officers repeatedly emphasized that the suspect should not be let inside the building. Do not let them do not let anybody through these doors, people. That's according to one man. You can hear it on the audio in the 911 call. Keep this school locked down, said the dispatcher. Another person yelled, don't let him in the building. And yet another person seemed to relay that message to others, echoing, don't let them in the building. Now, despite all of these warnings, the young men were, in fact, let into the building. Why would the principals allow them into the building? I don't get it. The Cleveland Metropolitan School District said that it stands by these assistant principals who admitted the gunman into the building. I, uh, I think they have a severe case of moronitis. You know, it's hard to go into the coal mine with white clothes and gloves on and not come out dirty. What? The Russian oligarch who wired $3.5 million, $3.5 million to a firm run by Joe Biden's son also invested $40 million Hunter's real estate company called Rosemont Realty. The disclosure comes amid new FBI whistleblower allegations backed by documents that show old what-do-you-know-Joe was certainly aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in those... Oh, yes. Oh, my. Here's, a, here's another good one. I think if I were the judge, I would be saying, do I have stupid written across my forehead or what? The billionaire owner of New York's Chrysler Building, who is embroiled in a high court battle, has told the judge that he doesn't want to pay his estranged wife the $45 million that she is owed because he wants the children, their children, to learn the value of money. Michael Fuchs, 62, told Mr. Justice Mostyn last Friday that he is of the view that smothering the children in luxuries made them jaded. Mr. Fuchs, who moved from Germany to the United States in the 1990s, has been battling his estranged wife, a former French journalist by the name of Alvina Fuchs, 47, at a private hearing in the family division of the high court there in London. <laughs> I want the kids to learn the value of money, so I don't want you to have anything, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up. I, every day I do this show, it just seems to get a little more, oh, bizarre. I mean, it's, don't you think so? It is just so, con and the author of that, conf yeah. And this will be a surprise to no one. There's a new study out today saying that the risk of getting COVID-19 for the vast majority of people was nearly zero. Making comprehensive lockdowns and school closures and vaccine mandates and all of that nonsense totally unnecessary. Isn't that something? They could have taken care of the smaller group, elderly like me, who are already afflicted with some multiple serious illness like diabetes, heart disease, and these people could be cared for in nursing, assisted living, and private homes with early treatments while the healthy people, the mass majority in America, could have gone about their business as usual. It is, oh my, where is, 
Never mind. All of this stuff, a part of living in today's world. Got any good news <laughs> out there? I pray so. I know, I know some of you are saying, Greg, just calm down. How can we possibly calm down and restore our lives to calm when we've just experienced all of the absolute craziness and confusion that is going on in America today? I'll continue to say it. This is not your grandma's America. Or maybe just for you personally, it's a very difficult time. Like you, I know folks who have lost a job, lost a, a loved one. That is tough. Hey, the best way to restore calm to an anxious heart is to focus on the truth of God's word. Ye shall what? Know the truth, and it'll set you free. Free from what? The bondage of Satan and his demons in the world and the people that Satan uses. This means refusing to listen to the nagging voices of the enemy in the world today. Satan tempts us to doubt God's goodness, does he not? By telling us that, hey, you're not worthy of God's love. Who are you anyway? The enemy interjects thoughts about doubt in your life, worry in your life, anxiety into our minds so that you're going to become paralyzed and you're just going to melt away with fear like a snowman on a sunny day. The enemy also assaults your mind with lies. That is really, if you've listened to or are going to listen to our demonic series, Invisible War on the Saints, either the video or the new shortened audio version, you need to know that lying is his number one tool. God's truth brings hope and restoration to your soul today, my friend. Let me ask you, are you facing a time right now of intense pressure? If you are, you may wonder, how am I going to get through this thing? Jesus Christ has an answer. I continue to say Jesus Christ is not an answer. He is the answer. And when the storms of life hit, you can retain a strong sense of peace and calm by meditating on the fact that God is in complete control and he has nothing but good in mind for you. I said that during the last break. When that burden you're carrying becomes just too heavy, you need to give it to God. Telling Yourself the Truth. That was a book by William Backus, and he writes that there are three steps to becoming a person of contentment and peace in this old world. You ready? Number one, locate your misbeliefs in life. Those things that Satan uses to discourage you today. Put them down there. Number two, Ask God to help you just remove those things. Come at the enemy through the name and the blood of Jesus Christ and command him to be gone. And then perhaps the most important part, replace those misbeliefs with the truth of God's holy word. In other words, God's truth will change your life. Amen. If your heart is disquieted, discouraged today about something going on in the world, take care to restore it to a calm. Who said that? Hey, my son-in-law, he's one of those conservative nutcases, sent me this one. A vote is not a valentine. You aren't confessing your love for the candidate. It's a chess move for the world you want to live in. Oh, that, that's good, Jared. How about this? If the Bible's just a fairy tale, and they say that it is in so many circles, 
Why is it banned in 52 countries? No one goes to jail for reading Cinderella for crying out loud. If it's really made up, then it's supposed to have no power at all. It makes absolutely no sense. It's banned because it's the most powerful, freeing, and transforming truth ever. A very important, and I mean a V-I-M, very important message next. Where's my Bible? Greg Patton's Traveling Salvation Show can come your way just about any time. Get in touch at gregpatton.com. I think our next big event here is going to be out in the Billy Crone's Church, uh, Sunrise, out there in Las Vegas, Nevada, just before Thanksgiving. Part of Southwest Radio Church Prophecy Conference. Looking for, I like Billy. We have a good time, so we're looking forward. I think 500 people have already registered to be a part of that conference coming up in November. What's that? November 19th, Friday and Saturday, and we'll hang over on Sunday. And for Greg Patton Ministries, no church too small, no church too large. We have spoken before thousands, and we have spoken before a handful. Get in touch. We'll come your way, my friend, and bring the revival message. We're really excited to share thoughts on the demonic that God's given us over the last several decades. We certainly know a little something about the media and how things work in radio and television today. And I want to thank all of you that send checks on a regular basis to The Cross, our home church, in care of Greg Patton Ministries. It keeps things going and uh, greases the wheels, as they say, to keep this ministry on the air. Very grateful for your prayers, for sharing about the program, and certainly for your finances. God bless. Well, I've heard it before. It's just one of those things, Pastor. This thing is just, this sin, just too big for forgiveness. I've heard, I will never, ever forgive him or her. You know, the Bible tells us that if we seek God's forgiveness through confession of our wrongdoing, then what does it say? According to 1 John 1, 9, He, God, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is greater today and always than any sin. And his love for you is unconditional. His love for you is eternal. That is exciting news. Sadly, many people fail to realize this, and they go through life feeling unforgiven, even though forgiveness has been bestowed upon them. They struggle with guilt, a sense of inadequacy because of something that happened maybe in your childhood. My friend, God's ultimate desire for you is that you would experience the freedom which comes from accepting His pardon and His grace. And if you're not experiencing that today, something is broken in your spiritual gearbox, and that needs to be repaired. If your thoughts are haunted by memories of a past sin, then you you know how difficult it is to enjoy life today to the fullest. What's wrong with you? Much of the depression that plagues our society today comes from a crushing weight of guilt. That is an absolute fact. But my friend, once you confess your sin to God, and you've got to accept that, He forgives you. He restores your fellowship with Him, and that's the most important thing in all the world for a believer who's gone astray. To continue feeling unforgiven is just self-defeating. You're like hitting yourself in your face with your fist. 
God's wiped away your sin. What are you doing? He remembers it no more. It says in Isaiah 43, 25, do you believe the word of God? If you've confessed to God and you've repented, you are the only one who can resurrect the memory of that sin. Now, Satan and his demons will try to help you do that. Those lies, yep, Satan will try to do that. But I found out one of the best ways to put an end to this troublesome thought process, and I, I use this in my series, Invisible War on the Saints, the condensed version, write out a confession to God, sign that thing, date that thing, then go through the following scriptures concerning his forgiveness, and they are imported ones. Got a pencil? Write them down. Psalm 86, verse 5. Psalm 103, verses 2, 3, and 4. Micah 7, 18. Daniel 9, 9. 1 John 1, 9. Oh, and Hebrews 8, 12. Write out each verse alongside your confession. And once you've completed the project, read over what you've written and consider what God has to say about you and your sin. Then, across the page in big, bold letters, I want you to write this. Forgiven by Almighty God because of His Son's love and death on the cross at Calvary. Anytime the enemy tries to torment you with your past, take out that paper. Keep it handy. Take out that paper and pray. I refuse to accept Satan's lies based on the death of Christ for my sins. I stand forgiven for all eternity before Almighty God, and I refuse any attempt to cause me to doubt what Jesus Christ has done for me in this life. His death is sufficient payment for my transgressions. I am accepted and loved by Almighty God. My Christian friend, this is God's declaration of independence for you. You are free indeed. God's desire is that you would experience the freedom that comes from accepting His pardon and His grace today. My encouragement to you, believe God and do it. And finally, I'm sorry, but I got to drag this one out every now and then. I think about church trouble that I've had in the last 33 years at the cross here in Fort Wayne. I think about pastors that I've been with, and I've been with dozens across America and overseas. Here's the story. One Sunday morning, mom wakes up her son and says, it's time for you to get ready to church. And he said, I'm not going. Why not? She said, I'm going to give you two good reasons. One, those people don't like me. And two, I don't like them. <laughs> His mother replied, well, I'm going to give you two reasons why you better go to church today. Yeah. One, you're 54 years old. And two, you're the pastor. <laughs> I love that one <laughs> because in so many ways, it's true. And speaking of truth, here's another one for you seniors and well, just pay attention here. The older we get, the less life in prison is a deterrent. <laughs> That's terrible. That's it. I've had my say for a Tuesday. 
I know you're praying about a number of things. Continue to pray for, pray about all the things happening in the world and the politics and upcoming election, etc., etc. Many pastors are under the weather and have some serious problems, so continue to pray for those around this country, around the world. And we're grateful for your prayers here at Hello World. I'm Greg Patton. I'm so glad to come your way each day at this time, and I thank you for your time. Until tomorrow, God bless. Enjoy the remainder of your Tuesday.